Hello and welcome to the No Huddle Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you. But first, I'd like to give a shout out to the guys over at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. This is the number one Australian-made fantasy football podcast. The guys are the absolute best in the industry, delivering top-shelf content every single week. Make sure to stop by and check out Manjot, giving out his fresh pastries to the previous week's top performers. While you're there, make an appointment with Taylor for Dr. Goodcall to predict some wholesome fantasy starters for the current week. Then check in to see Matty C putting the guys through their paces in Fantasy Cliffhanger. Before finally listening to the guys battle it out in Starts of the Week. You can find them on all social media platforms. YouTube, their handle is youtube.com forward slash at Aussie NFL Fantasy. Twitter, it's at Aussie underscore fantasy. Instagram, Aussie NFL Fantasy. TikTok, at Aussie NFL Fantasy. As well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show. On today's episode, we're going to be putting a nice bow on the 2022-2023 fantasy season by giving our last tier update of the year and just running through which players have gained value or which position groups have gained value and which have dropped off a little bit. Uh, We're also going to be finalising our last update of the rolling team of the year and we'll announce which players have made it per position with regards to their average draft position and comparing that to the expert consensus ranking. So let's get into it. For those that have followed along with my episodes since the beginning, you'll know that every couple of weeks I do what we call a tier update or a dynasty tier ranking. We do this um, thanks to Fantasy Pros and the awesome content they put out. Um, We compare the average draft position or the ADP uh, to what we call the expert consensus ranking, which is it's basically an average of 16 different um, fantasy analysts and they just give an, an average ranking uh, from them. So you'll see that fluctuate throughout the season. They combine things like strength of schedule, um, where a player sits, how, how they're trending with regards to targets. So they take in a whole bunch of information and basically spit out a number. And it, it gives you just a bit of a guide as to what the market thinks that player is going to do, um, which is valuable regardless of whether it's dynasty or um, just redraft or sorry, redraft. You can use this information to gauge what, um, you know, whether it's, it's a sell high time for a player or potentially whether there is a player that's, Maybe dropped off a little. The market's not as high on him, so it, it could be a good buy candidate for you. Um, so an interesting thing that I found, I've done four of these now, uh, including the one today. We have noticed that the Tier 1, uh, the players within Tier 1, started off with four players in there, being Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, and Christian McCaffrey. Um Throughout the season, we noticed that Christian McCaffrey was sort of tier one, then he dropped back out. No one really replaced him in that that tier one space. Um, So he went back down to a tier two, leaving three players. He then bounced back up uh, in the week 10 update. So that went from three to four players in that that space. We actually found um, post week 18, he's actually dropped back out again. So he's sort of been in and out again. which I found quite fascinating, actually, because I, I, I would have thought his last uh, few weeks of the season, or since he was traded, uh, were actually quite good. So um, for me, that was that was an interesting take. 
so our final tier update for the year, uh, three players within the tier one space, which is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor. So they're seen as the absolute top um, players within the dynasty space, so your blue chips. Uh, tier 2 consists of Christian McCaffrey, CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley, Kenneth Walker, and Jalen Waddle. So seven players within um, that Tier 2 area. Uh, tier 3 has 10 players. So Stefan Diggs, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ra St. Brown, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf, and Garrett Wilson. Interesting thing there is we've got two tight ends um, and Kyle Pitts is considered a, a tight end one, even though he's had a fairly rough season. So for me, I thought that was that was an interesting one. Um, so I'll leave that. I, I won't read through every player. I will post this up on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, but a couple of takeaways that I wanted to discuss. So I've already mentioned Christian McCaffrey, who's dropped one tier. Um, we've seen Jalen Waddle go from tier three to tier two. Uh, Stefan Diggs did an almost straight swap with him, so he's gone from two to three. Um, we've had a bit of movement in terms of wide receiver in the tier three space. So we've seen uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, DK Metcalf, and Garrett Wilson all jump up. And a fascinating, Garrett Wilson actually jumped up from tier five to tier three. So he's really gained a whole heap of value. And you can understand why he's been the focal point of, even though the Jets offense hasn't been all that great when Mike White hasn't been on the center. center. Um, He's had a really good season. Um, We saw DeAndre Swift actually is in the tier four space. He's actually dropped two tiers. So he went from tier two down to tier four. Um, So a real drop in value there. Same thing with Cooper Cup. Although I think um, in the scheme of things, a lot of the Rams players, they're very hard to gauge this year just because of how badly that team performed. Um, Or even when healthy. Uh, that was the last of the really big drop-offs. Um, no real big gainers um, outside of probably Garrett Wilson, uh, of note anyway. Uh, last couple of notes that I want to want to jump through. Um, so when we look at the tiers, quarterbacks, and when we look th- look at them per position, your quarterbacks across the seat. So from our very first one. Um, back at the start of the season to week 18. We had quarterbacks go up one tier, none dropped off. So they were fairly stable in that if you had a high investment in a quarterback, you generally kept the value that you invested. You you didn't lose anything. You didn't gain a lot either. I think outside of Jalen Hurts, I I believe, was the quarterback that went up. Um, Running backs, little different. We had four running backs gain value. Uh, in terms of tier ranking, and we had five decrease in value. And that's probably fair when you consider at the start of the season how how hard it was to predict uh, running back, I, I guess, output. And when we look at how poorly in general that position performed, um, they had a bit of a resurgence through, resurgence through the middle of the season, but ultimately, it's just such a it was such a turbulent year for for running backs. Um, so again, that that was kind of interesting. And then wide receivers, we had seven wide receivers gain value, and five 
uh, drop off a bit, uh, drop off in value. So um, quite quite the opposite. And again, if you think back or listen back to when we were talking earlier in the season, uh, when I did my first and second ones, wide receivers or even think of your own leagues and their scoring, wide receivers were where the value really sat. So um, it's really cool to see at the end of the season that things we were seeing early on, the trends, sort of maintain throughout the year. So that that sort of helps. Uh, and it'll be fascinating when we do this next year as to whether or not that's something that we can bank and something that we can actually predict, um, which will help you sort of when you're looking at um, if you need to make an investment in a position, where it is, where where you can look um, and try and give yourself the best chance at trying to nail that. Um when we look at the actual tiers themselves and where the players sit and what are considered the absolute best of the best and then sort of where players are moving, uh, week one we had four tier one players, as I mentioned earlier. Week 18, that dropped to three. In week one, there were eight tier two players. In week 18, that dropped to seven. In week one, there were 12 tier three players. In week 18, that dropped to 10. Week one, we had 10 tier four players. In week 18, that actually went up to 14. So a fair jump there considering the other three tiers. And tier five, there were 16 in week one and 12 in week 18. So that dropped off a little bit. So I'm not... When I have a look at the players that are in that tier, so when we look at tier four, the 14 that are there, it's Devontae Adams, DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Javante Williams, Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, Chris Olave, Drake London, Josh Allen, Chris Godwin, and Najee Harris. Um... There is a lot of players that have dropped, not a lot that have risen into that into that tier. So, um, I guess the take there's there's a whole bunch of things you can take away from this, but the thing that I'm taking away from this is the there's not a lot of lower tier players that are coming up into that higher value, and we'd probably consider I guess you apply your own metrics to this but for me anything tier three or above is where i've got my if i'm doing a startup that's where i'm looking my first and second picks um there are some players in in this group in that that tier four that i genuinely believe will not be there next season um you know drake london started like a house on fire and then just fell away uh late um naji harris is another one like he he was up tier one I believe at the start of the season um, or tier two at the very least he was sorry high tier two he and running back four he dropped 10, 10 full rankings to running back 14 um, and two tiers so there are a lot of these players that will fluctuate but for me more players sort of went down into that tier and not a lot came up so you almost want to if you are looking at a significant investment when we do these throughout the year or when you're doing your own research, just look for where, you know, matchups um, aren't going the way you think or whether or not the drop-off is matchup dependent, whether there's something happening in the background. Is, is it coaching? Is it scheme-related? 
Um, you know, Devontae Adams, you could, there's any number of things that are wrong there. And I fully expect that when they do fix the quarterback situation, hopefully you don't hope that anyone loses their job. Josh McDaniels is a great coordinator. Whether he's a great head coach, I suppose that's up to, um, you know, each individual person to make that assessment. Um, I'm not a head coach, so I'm not going to say he's not, but I I know he's a good, great coordinator. Um, I expect them to work that out, though, and Devontae Adams is way too good a player to be sitting at wide receiver 12. So, um, for me, I, I think I think there'll be a lot of correction here. But um, that were just some cool takeaways that I that I had. Um, yeah, so what we'll do now is we'll jump into our rolling team of the year. And to wrap up today's episode, we're just going to finalise our rolling team of the year, our rolling fantasy team of the year. Um, so from our first adaptation, um, and just to highlight how we do this again, just for those that might be new, we go through position by position. It's just a standard league, so one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end and flex. Um, how we determine who makes the team and who doesn't is based purely off their ADP, so similar concept to the um, the, tier, the tiering system that we use. Um, I'll outline where their ADP sat pre-season, their current rank uh, up to this point, so at the end of the season, and an average points per game, uh, and that's set out per um, fantasy pros, per their, their standard scoring, which is half-point PPR. Um, and then I'll give you a total. Now, the point of this exercise is to look at if you were relying on these players alone and, you know, disaster struck, all these blue chip players you had are all gone, can you still have these players and can you still win a game? Um, and that's what I want to highlight today, that the the value part of fantasy football is sometimes overlooked for the big names. So starting at quarterback to, um, to finish the year, we have Daniel Jones, uh, his ADP was 245, and in most 12-team leagues, which I, I, I consider standard, um, he went through undrafted. Uh, he current rank is quarterback seven, and he's averaging 18.36 fantasy points per game. Running back one, uh, no change there. Josh Jacobs had a fantastic season. ADP was 50. He would have gone in the at the start of the fifth round at running back 22 in a 12-team league. His current rank is running back nine, and his average points per game is 16.76 points. Our running back two is, again, the same, Ramondre Stevenson. His ADP was 90, which would have been 8.06, or halfway through the eighth round. Running back 36, um, his current rank is running back 12, so he's inside that running back one space uh, at 11.9 points per game. Our wide receiver one, uh, no change to this one either. Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, his ADP was 63. He's, he would have gone start of the fifth round, so a 503 I have him at. Wide receiver 25. His current rank is wide receiver eight, and his average points is 13.41 points per game. Wide receiver two, we had a bit of a change here. Our last update of this, we had Chris Olave. Um, based on how strong this player finished the season, he, he really forced me to pick him. Um, and as a Dolphins tragic, it's very hard to pick any Jets, but 
Um, I will always go with uh, who is best in this space, um, even if I have to suck it up and take one for the team. So um, wide receiver two in our final edition of this is Garrett Wilson. His ADP was 137. He would have gone in the 12th round, halfway through, about 12.05, and he was going at wide receiver 52. He's currently ranked at wide receiver 10, and he's going at 10.24 points per game. Tight end, no change here. Went with Greg, Greg Dolchich. Tight end has been an absolute crapshoot this year. Um, really, really hard to get right unless you had Travis Kelsey. Um, and even, you know, uh, the, even your, your top one, so your Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts had a, had a really down year um, by his standards. I expect that to bounce back. Um, it was just hard to find consistency. So we've decided to go with him. He was undrafted. Um, pretty much across the board. He finished the season as tight end nine, and his average points per game is 6.96. So well below um, your double digits, but um, as per I've outlined in the past, I set myself um, little quotas or or a range, point range that I expect out of each position. Um, Tight end has been very, very tricky this year. I like to have around eight points per game, eight to 10. Um, So he's sitting a little below that, but given that it was such a rough year, at that position, uh, I'll, I'll take that. And our flex, no change there either. We're sticking with Devonta Smith, uh, who went 96 preseason. He sorry ADP that was end of the eighth round, so 812, and wide receiver 37. His current rank is wide receiver 17, and at an average of 12.18 points per game, which actually went up. Um, surprisingly, every position so far above, so other than flex, uh, we actually went backwards a little bit in points. Um, so I haven't had a look into sort of what happened uh, across the final because the last update was week 10, uh, to week 10 or 11, somewhere there. Um, it'd be interesting to see where, uh, where the drop-off was. Um, so if we total up our entire, all our average points per game, we would have got 89.81 points um, per game from that team as it is. So, again, you apply your own metrics to that or your own expectations out of each position if you do that. Uh, for me, anything around 90 to 100 is ideally where you'd want to sit, so we're a little below that. Um, it's not the worst score, and I think more often than not, again, some of these positions, if you, your quarterback's getting 18 points and you're getting so 27 points out of your two running backs, um, that, then that's that, that's a really good start um, by, by my expectations in a lot of the leagues I'm in. Um, so, yeah, look, this was a really cool process and I'm, I'm glad that I got to sort of find time to, to nut this out. Um, it'd be really cool to get some feedback from you as to whether or not you had these players in your team or whether you had to start a lineup similar to this and how that worked out for you with your scoring. Um, I look to do something similar next year. If, if there's any suggestions or anyone um, has something that they would like me to look into, I'm more than happy to do that. Fantasy Pros is a wonderful resource, as I said off the top. Uh, if you don't use it, comes highly recommended from someone who's got over a decade experience of doing my own research. I don't rely on um, a lot of other analysts. I do take on their feedback and I do take on sort of some of the information they put out. It's good to have a balance, but at the end of the day, there's no better research than your own. 
Um, so that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening in and um, for checking out my content throughout the fantasy season this year. Looking really forward to diving into some rookie content over the coming weeks. Uh, I've done some stuff on quarterback already. That was a couple of episodes ago. So if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to listen back. It was the second half of, I think, two episodes ago um, where I went through the top four quarterback prospects that were out at the time. Um, So I'll look to do a couple of episodes around running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Uh, And then we'll work on some things like some mock drafts um, and obviously like we're looking to get uh, Matty C, Taylor, and Manjot from the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show on to talk through their expertise and how they, they like to play Dynasty. So thank you again, and I look forward to talking to you later.